Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Bo. Wow. With Parshas Bo, we are off and running. If I can use that expression in terms of mitzvos. Heretofore, we've had three mitzvos found in the book of Bereshis. Now, as the very first Rashi of the Torah says, really, the Torah as our constitution should have begun with chapter 12 in this week's parasha of HaChodesh HaZelochem, the laws of the Jewish calendar, as this is the first mitzvah that was given to the Jewish people as a nation in Egypt. You have in this week's parasha many of the laws regarding Pesach, both in conjunction with Pesach Mitzrayim, those laws which were a a teaching for the moment, such as putting the blood on the doorpost and on the lentil in Egypt, that's not one of the 613 mitzvahs, because by definition, to be a mitzvah, a mitzvah has to be ledoros for all time. So that was done once in Jewish history. Um, You have the mitzvah of eating matzah, which is for all generations. And you have the mitzvah of the prohibition of not to have chametz, A, in your possession, not to eat chametz. The mitzvah of the gadatol bincha, of namely transmitting annually on the night of the Pesach Seder, the story and the heritage of Yitzias Mitzrayim. I'd like to focus on a very interesting observation that Rashi makes, quoting the Mechilta, on a Pasuk, which is found literally, the last Pasuk in the fifth Aliyah. This is chapter 12, Pasuk 28. After Moshe has given to the Jewish people all the particulars regarding what is going to happen on Erev Pesach, on the 14th, they will take the Korban Pesach, they will designate it four days earlier, starting on the 10th, they will slaughter it, and it's going to be eaten with groups, and specifically that this is going to be, please God, perpetuated and telling of the story, as well as the Korban Pesach, into Eretz Yisrael. Then the Torah tells us, Vayelchu Vayasu B'nei Yisrael. Literally, the Jewish people went and did Kashetziva Hashem Es Moshe V'Aron Kenosu, as Hashem had commanded Moshe and Aaron, so did the Jewish people do it. Rashi, on the spot, for Asu, come on, did they, in reality, actually do as Moshe and Aaron said? Valo Roshchodesh Nemalohem. All this was being told to them on the first of Nisan, on Rosh Chodesh. How can the Torah say, Vayelchu Vayasu? They had not yet done it. And Rashi therefore gives 
is such a powerful answer. He says, since Shekiblu Alehem, once they had accepted this upon themselves, Ma'ale Alehem Akosuv, the Torah looks upon it, God viewed it, Ke'ilu Asu, as if they had already done it. Once they had made a positive Kabbalah, once they had made the commitment, the obligation to do it, God looked upon it as if it was already done. Now, I believe, as you will see, this will help us understand a very challenging Mishnah found at the end of the third Perek of Pirkei Avos. I'll be honored if you bring a Pirkei Avos to the table, in chapter 3, Mishnah 22, Huhoya Omer. This is Rebbe Lezeb Azaria, as we're told in Mishnah 21. And Rebbe Lezeb Azaria teaches, Kol Shechach Masav. Anyone whose wisdom, his knowledge, exceeds his good deeds, to what may be compared to a tree whose branches are numerous, but whose roots are few, and as a result, the wind comes, uproots it, turns it upside down. However, kol shema'asav merubin mechachmaso, however, one whose good deeds exceed his wisdom, to what is he compared to a tree whose branches are few, but whose roots are very numerous, and therefore even if all the winds in the world were to come and blow against it, they could not budge it from its place. The obvious question is, how does it happen? How can a person have ma'asav, his actions are more plentiful than his wisdom, his knowledge. And I call your attention to the commentary of Rabbeinu Yonah on Avos, and he says this in that same chapter, but not on Mishnah 22, but rather on Mishnah 9, and there he basically elaborates on the Mechilta, on the Rashi that we started with, and basically says that when an individual will take upon himself to do certain actions, even if he does not yet have the wisdom, the know-how, how to do those actions, it becomes ma'asav mirubin. His actions become more numerous than his knowledge because it's looked upon by God as if he already did it. And the condition that this Kabbalah, that this acceptance and commitment has to be, and I quote from the Rabbeinu Yonah, four very powerful words, Levav Shalem, a complete and true, honest heart, Uvenefesh Chafetza, and true desire. We're talking about somebody 
who is genuine. Now let's take a step back and ask ourselves, why is it that more often than not, people are afraid to take a Kabbalah, to take an acceptance upon themselves, to obligate themselves? Because more often than not, people would rather be in a situation where they are in control. If I want to do it, I'll do it. If I don't want to do it, I won't do it. As opposed to a Kabbalah, an acceptance, it's no longer voluntary. I must do it. It has to be done. And that is based upon the famous teaching of the Talmud that says, Godol HaMetsuva V'yoseh, Greater is the reward of the one who is obligated to do it than one who is simply volunteering to do it. And therefore, that is the essence of Kabbalah, of a person obligating himself. True, as a result of this, they are demonstrating true avdus, to become a true servant of God. This past Monday... On Rosh Chodesh, we began the Hallel with Hallelujah Avdei Hashem. Give praise the servants of Hashem. And who is the servant of Hashem? One who is obligated to do it. We understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Borei, He's the Creator, He's the Manhig, He's the one who literally directs history, and all which is going on about ourselves. And therefore, the Kabbalah undermines the concept that we can opt out. There is no opting out. Perhaps you can explain this idea in the following way. And that is that Hashem, if you think about it, doesn't need the actual performance of the mitzvah. Who needs the performance of the mitzvah? We do. Man does. As you look in the Sefer HaChinuch, in number 16, on the mitzvah of not to break a bone of the Korban Pesach, and he says to his son, to whom he writes and dedicates the book, don't ask the question why there are so many mitzvos related to Zecher Litzias Mitzrayim, that we should remember the Exodus from Egypt, because he says that famous line, the more you do after one's actions, nimshachos alevavos, do our heart and character formed. And so man needs the actual performance of the mitzvah. What HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs is another understanding of the word mitzvah. Mitzvah doesn't only mean a commandment, but it, like the word tzavsa in Aramaic means l'chaber, to combine. A person becomes one with God through the commitment already. Machmona libaboi. He wants our heart. He wants our 
commitment. So certainly we need both, the commitment and the actualization thereof. But from the moment that we make this commitment, this Kabbalah, it is looked upon on high as if we actually performed it, which is an incredible gift that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. To give a strong historical substantiation to this idea of a person's actions greater than his wisdom, the Chosid Yavitz, who wrote a commentary on Ovos, who lived at the time of the Spanish Inquisition, writes in his book, Ora Chaim, in chapter 2, that you should know, he says, that at the time of the Inquisition, and we're judging nobody, but the historical fact was that those individuals who prided themselves in their Chachma, the philosophers among the Jewish people, unfortunately the majority of them, Hemiru Esquodam Biyom Mar. They unfortunately went along and became Moranos. However, the Anoshim Ameo Oretz, the what you would call the simple, but I don't use that in any derogatory way, just the opposite. It was the Stam Jews, they were the ones who gave over their lives, their fortune on Kiddush Hashem. They were the ones who had their Ma'asim, their Kabbalah, was greater than their Chachma. I believe that this Rashi calls upon us for a very important act. Each and every one of us should make a Kabbalah. And these Kabbalahs don't have to be big and extensive, just the opposite. As the Navi Yirmiyahu says in chapter 31, Shamoa Shamati Ephraim misnodeid. I hear Ephraim literally taking baby steps. I ask everyone to try their best. Instead of benching by heart, bench from a bencher the first paragraph. Yes, you know me already. Once you're going to do it properly from the first paragraph from the bencher, I hope you'll go all the way. But there's a very big difference. I'm not ashamed to say that I know the Kiddush by heart. I recite the Kiddush out of a bencher. I believe that by so doing, you could have greater concentration for this biblical mitzvah that you recite once a week called Kiddush. Make that Kabbalah that you're not going to look at the cell phone, at your smartphone, during davening, even though it's on vibrate. And during Hazar Sashats, you're not going to take that phone out. Make that Kabbalah that you're going to call a shut-in at least once a week. Make that Kabbalah that you're going to try to walk around 
not in a state of being angry at people, but rather without this kap donos, without having complaints. Your day, your temperament, your way of life is going to be improved by these little baby steps, man to man and man to God. Just as the Parsha is often running with mitzvahs, I pray each and every one of us through Al-Kabbalah will be so much more, not only often running, but much happier as a result. Shabbat Shalom to all.